Good evening, my friends. It is uh, the 12th of November, I believe, 2019. I took the day off today from teaching, at least. And I drove up to see my parents, my family, who reside in the Catskill Mountains. They've always loved the the mountains and the, the woods and nature. They live in a little house, a little rancher, double wide. Retired from New Jersey 10, 15 years ago now. I'm thinking 15, pushing 20. As I've said, I've grown up in a Jersey Shore community that was pretty much idyllic. The Pine Barrens, lakes, the bay, the ocean nearby. And we loved New Jersey. Got a lot of history there, obviously, but um, it was very crowded, particularly in the summers. The walls would start closing in on us. And the highways would become crammed as the Bennies, or the out-of-towners, would come in to spend their weekends and their vacations at the seashore. So my parents, they bought a mountain house. They disappeared one weekend. They must have been in their mid-30s or something like that. Maybe my age. A little bit bit older than me. And they bought a property in the mountains in the Catskills. I remember going up there and looking at different properties and acreage that we would pull a trailer onto. We did it. Delaware County, New York. Pitched some tents. Built a little fire pit parents bought 10 acres. Eventually we dragged a trailer onto it. Simultaneously built a cabin across the road. And then just us kids would stay in the camp campsite. And we built a friggin' my, my parents built a friggin' cabin their own two hands. Very dynamic period of their lives. They were dreaming. They were realizing their dreams. They built this property. Anyway, so they ultimately retired up in the Catskills. Now they live, they don't have that cabin anymore. They sold that to get a little bit closer to civilization. But they live up there. They got some land. They got some dogs and cats. Bears come and eat from the bird feeders. So my visit wasn't necessarily play. It was it was nice to see everybody, but it was because my father has had some health problems lately. So that sucks, you know. He's seventy four. not going to breach patient confidentiality, but he's had some things, some, some relatively common complications of, of old age. 
So he's been in and out of care, in and out of the hospital a few times. And uh, most recently he was in the hospital because he had a, a bleed. He had a, a minor stroke, what appears to have been a minor stroke. So, uh, you know, that's alarming. That sucks. Certainly not what anybody wanted to hear. Fortunately, he's got his faculties for the most part, seemed a little bit out of it, but um, his motor his strength and mobility is seems to be unaffected, but he's obviously stressed out and wondering what is next and so on and so forth, so I went up there and my sister met me up there, she lives in Florida, so she came up and just like our family began back in the late 70s, early 80s. There were the four of us sitting in the same house at the same table, I think even eating off of the same dishes from back in the day. There's a lot of nostalgia being products of that household, products of my parents, and them both present there. We've been through a lot over the years, you know? A lot of great times. We've had a good life. We've had some rough patches. That's life, isn't it? All that matters is that we were back together. We took the opportunity to circle the wagons and spend some time with our dad. And, uh, you know, there wasn't... I was there for five hours. My sister's going to sleep over. So maybe she'll get some more intel, but... He wasn't extremely active or talkative. Uh, I think there's probably some, once again, just being out of it. Just being kind of zapped your energy and the stress and probably some genuine dysfunction cognitively from this uh, cerebrovascular event. Now, he's not in the hospital. They discharged him after two days, so... He is stable, seems to be improving, and with time, I hope that he you know, is just like new again. I told him not to re uh, refrain from doing any things that he loves to do, which basically boils down to taking walks with the dogs, going out to his shed to do man stuff. You know, he's 74 years old, he's not doing, especially with the winter coming, he's not doing, not a incredibly active so uh, but he's a good man he's a great guy and I love him dearly and it's tough to uh, to see anybody in harm's way even potentially right it could always be worse right we all know people who are struggling in various capacities and uh, he's had a great life so any any more life that he can eke out of this existence is only going to be the icing on the cake. I think part of him, he's just freaking tired of shit too. And he would be, maybe on some level, embrace the end. I mean, God forbid. But, um, so anyway, I'm heading home from that, Ronnie. It was a nice day. Sister and I took a nice walk in the backyard, maybe 20, 30 minutes. 
there's a bunch of woods and some fields out there, farmland all around, and mountains and trees and all that shit, so it was like 20 degrees, and we're walking around, just the wind whipping, and the dogs chasing us around. My family's always loved pets, you know, so they got three dogs to include a golden retriever, which is freaking probably 12 years old, but adorable, loving, unbelievable. And then they got Cuddles, which is a, uh, Julie is the golden, and then Cuddles is this little small but fat-ish black poodle, got a fucked up purulent eye, all kind of pussy, and some shit growing out of her ears, and she's still running around now, that cuddles, eating, got a good appetite, but she, she's old as shit, and then you got, uh, Chip, Chip is this, their new dog, my mother's, like a Bichon, Poodle, something like that, cute little thing, just wants to run around, scamper, and chase you, and bark, here and there. And he got two cats. Dogs are chasing the cats. Everybody's, you know, running around, nosing around, laying on the ground, licking you, playing with you. So you have two, my parents, my aging, aging parents with some aging dogs up in an aging house that they just re-renovated big time. So look very nice. And my sister there, who I haven't seen physically, probably in 10 years. She hadn't seen my parents in 10 years. She lives in Florida. And here we are up in the middle of this little house in the Catskill Mountains. Millimeters away from the bitter cold and wind and snow. It snowed most of the day. And so, it was a necessary trip. It was time well spent. It went well, largely. Of course, I'm concerned. But this is life, my friends. This is the circle of life. I've mentioned previously on these podcasts that I have become quite introspective at 44 years of age, almost 45. And it has to do with things like this, you know, seeing my parents, my my friends, my patients get old and get sick and eventually pass away. And I think about their stories and these lives that we're living every day and try to just put things in perspective, really. How can we build a better mousetrap? How can we live better, more productive lives? How can we get better by the generation? Learn our lessons up front and, you know, pay good things forward to our offspring. I got two kids at home. They're growing fast, you know. They're right on the threshold of their teens. And I wish that my kids could could know my grandparents, not my grandparents, my parents a little bit more. They, I don't even think they could pick them out of a lineup, maybe. 
maybe they can pick my mother out, but my parents have had a lot going on, raising, they raised us, they raised my, my niece, and, and partially raised her kids, they helped a lot of people out, and live their lives, and work their asses off, and live their dreams, and they've had some bumps along the way, like I said, and that's fucking life, so I've been thinking about that, I had that in mind during this trip, like how do I feel, how am I doing in life, what can I do better, how can I, you know, just listen, how can I just chill out a little bit and, and enjoy more of life, as I pass through these mountains, and I'm drawn to nature, I, how can I spend more time up here and get the fuck out of my office and, and just take a breather, take a break from the schedule. I'm listening to this book. I'm, I, I plugged it a few weeks ago. It's called How to Change Your Mind uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a chiropractor. And I'm telling you, it's pretty good. So in this most recent chapter, he's talking about brain, brain waves as measured in an EEG, electroencephalogram. So uh, we can, these are, our, the brain is an electrochemical thing. It's filled with a bunch of nerves, bundles of them, countless nerves, sending messages. And if we, talking about the different, cla different classification of wave, of uh, brain waves. So for instance, beta waves, there's alpha waves, there's beta waves, there's theta waves, there's delta waves, and uh, I didn't get all the finer nuances of it, but it sounds like beta waves are, they have to do with the brain being very active, like conscious activity. When we're stressed out, when we're trying to meet the schedule, when we're, um, we're living, you know, the, the, the things that we would complain about, our job, our schedule, all that stuff, that day in, day out of life, it's like you're on a stage, it's like you're, you're, you're all systems firing at once, all those, if the brain was like a bunch of electric wires, like Christmas lights say, everything would be lit up, firing, running their patterns and all that stuff, so that's that's a beta wave. We do too much beta. If we're on constant beta wave um, function, we're stressed the fuck out, you know? And so by meditating, by closing our eyes, he's saying we can take away 80% of our sensory input is through our vision, our body's primary sense. So just by closing our eyes, we're kind of going inward a little bit and trying to tap into our unconscious or subconscious mind. Get rid of this fucking tractor trailer here. So I thought that was interesting, trying to fire different brain wave patterns. And why? Yeah, it's also talking about with this butt lick in front of me. Gotta get a ticket, right? Why don't you get fucking easy pass, bitch? Get out of here. See that was beta wave and now if I freaking try to let that go. Take a deep breath in. And maneuver away from this turd. I will stop firing the incessant beta waves. 
so yeah, you know, all this is relevant, all this is uh, connected, quote-unquote, firing different brain patterns, and as we say in neuroscience, wires that fire together, wire together, so as I'm leaving and I'm listening to this book, I'm thinking, man, it would have been cool with as, you know, what kind of, what kind of brain waves is my, does my dad have firing right now, right, are they, you know, is his brain scrambled or trying to find its usual patterns and how can he get back and uh, quiet the mind a little bit and allow everything to heal? Is there a way that we can do that? I know that it can be very difficult sometimes to change our mind. I'm also thinking about that. I was talking as my sister and I were walking around the field out there in the freezing cold and enjoying it. We were talking about it, you know. Sis, do you think that people can change? We were talking about our mom and our dad and their roles and what the future holds and not getting any younger, etc., etc. Is it possible? When we say that all the time, like, oh, he'll never change, she'll never change. That's just who you are after a certain age. And I think that that, it, it, empirically, that's true. I think we've all, we've all, can all vouch for that being true to a large degree. Whoever you are at midlife, the likelihood that you're going to change without some sort of major force compelling you to change is very, is very, uh, it's unlikely. It's hard to change. And if you found a pattern that fires and benefits you, you'd stick with it, right? The body figures, all right, let's not waste any time or energy. You've been firing this pathway, person's still alive, that's good. But is being alive enough? My point is that there's a lot of things that we all would like to change about the way that we think and the way that we live. And I think that you know, the, where the rubber meets the road with this book, it's about meditation. So how to, how to change your mind, how to rewire your mind. He's talking about how you can prune these neurons. You can prune these different connections. Imagine that pruning a tree. We've got these unnecessary branches that are reaching out in the wrong direction. And you know that there's an art to pruning and a science to it. But if you are to to change a pattern of thinking or behavior, you're going to have to reduce that traffic going along that nerve, that thought process in your mind. You have to stop and say you're negative. You got to start thinking positive. You got to continue to get repetition on that and find proactive ways to take action in order to change and if you can pull that off well you're good to go you know you can make proactive change in your life and it's interesting to me you know talking about breaking patterns my my fall schedule and our pattern 
this time of year. I've belly ached about it for months now. Football and cheer, work, work, maybe a little time off on the weekends. You know, the good times, the reward, uh, the relaxation basically boils down to a couple vacations a year where we are determined to get all the R&R in, rest and relaxation. And of course it's never enough. And you're so programmed into your schedule that you feel like, you know, you're almost ready to get back to the grind because what you remember, what, you know, what the norm is for you is just grinding. So there are strategies that we can employ in which to um, squeeze in maybe some little vacations or breaks or even daily uh, vacation-like rituals such as doing meditation, exercising, reading, taking time for ourselves. Very important, right? This fucking this part of the highway. I hate this area. It's not necessarily very high traffic, but crazy friggin' I-476 up in these mountains here. I think it's I don't know if this is still the endless mountains region. I think that's up in New York. Now I'm in Wilkes-Barre. I'm back in PA, so that's good. Maybe an hour or two from home. So pruning off of those unnecessary branches. That's a worthwhile thing to do, I think. In the middle of my life, pruning off some of the bullshit, any sort of unnecessary stuff that is getting in my way, or the way of people that I love. It's such a crazy adventure, this life. It really is. So I'm thinking about all these things as I'm heading home. My kids are about ready to get in the car, finishing up their dinner, grabbing all their gear, heading off to football and cheer. My wife's going to drop them off. They'll be back after 8 p.m. And they'll find me sitting with the dog with all my gear prepared for Wednesday. And tomorrow's a real busy day. And I look forward to Wednesday. I look forward to working. It's usually our busy day. So I'll be helping people, making a lot of money. Try and do the right thing. Bye, folks. Tell you what, though, I got some crazy ass patients sometime. I love them dearly. It's nuts sometimes. It's predictable, too. I wouldn't change them. I love them. You know, I can't change them. 
was there to help them. Sometimes I get a little resentful. And that just is what it is as well. So, I don't know. What what am I going to change? I certainly... Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that um, I am inspired about relative this brainwave uh, book studies. There was this other article that I read that talks about how basically in terms of creativity you're not going to be if your brain is always running on beta waves it means you're like you're always awake. You're always grinding. Those are like the business as usual neurons. And when they are firing, there's so much traffic on there, but it's like a four-lane highway in during rush hour. There's so much traffic that's happening on those um, along those neurological pathways that you can't focus on self-care or um, creativity. You really can't grow. You can't learn anything. And this is like the complicated way of saying um, stress turns off learning. I've said that to my students on many occasions. If you are stressed out all the time about when this exam is or making the grade or any of that shit, you're constantly stressed out about that stuff. Well, then you're not really going to be able to absorb the knowledge and learn. So it's a very ironic thing. And it's real. This is real. And so my takeaway is that I want to be more creative. And, and, you know, what this article was also saying is that we have the luxury, those of us whose basic needs are met, we can afford then, we're confident that we're going to eat, that we're going to have um, a roof over our head, that we have the basic necessities of life squared away. Like we'll never have to worry about um, not having that in place. So that's a great foundation to work from because if you feel that way and you, you have that firsthand knowledge and confidence that things are, are good enough that I can pay my bills and I can put food on the table and have a couple vacations a year and all that shit. We should be very thankful, in which case we can afford to spend some time on other things. You might call them frivolous, maybe downtime or a hobby or whatever you like to do, or a creative pursuit. You're not going to find too many people writing books or... Um, inventing gadgets or starting businesses that are, you know, people are busting their ass coming home exhausted or that. There was a lot less innovation, arguably, when we were all like Fred Flintstone, you know, working in quarries and coming home to dinner. That's what we did. Working in a factory somewhere, you're grinding it out, you're coming home covered in friggin' soot and elbow grease and maybe you got a paycheck and you put food on the table and maybe you have a family car or whatever but you're a company man 
I owe my soul to the company's toe. So, those days are gone for, for most of us, for a lot of us in the Western world. We at least, we are still stressed out, but we have, uh, we can elect to, um, you know, we have a certain, a significant, sur- enough of a surplus of income that, um, and stability that we can call our shots a little bit more. We can justify time off devoted to this particular activity. Now, I think we're backtracking a little bit on that. We are definitely uh, in a good place, but who knows where we're going down the road, right? What the world is going to look like for the next generation. Given a whole host of things, given the climate change and political climate and different world powers jockeying for position. I mean, who knows what the what we have in the world has in store for us, or what man has in store for the world, rather. But, by and large, I think we have it pretty good. Um... So a lot to consider. I tell you what, though, I want to be more creative. I absolutely want more uh, free time to spend with my family, to uh, pursue my uh, other interests. I want to carve more wood. I want to do more art. I want to take more vacations and travel. I want to spend more time with my extended family and visit them and, and cultivate a relationship with them where maybe one is lax or has been dormant. And I want to help a lot of people with some strengths that I have. I'm looking for that next big thing. You know, what does that look like for me? People will, will you know, make mention of it, compliment me often. Oh, well, you, all right, so you got a lot going on, Aaron. You've got a family and you've got a, a chiropractic practice and you've got, you teach at two, two um, institutions and ran a boot camp for 15 years. You carve wood. I mean, you do a lot of shit. And that's true. And I, I really enjoy all of it for the most part. But I just want to know... That the problem with, with having um, tasted some success... life is that, you know, what is next, okay, I've done this, I've demonstrated some competence, some success, and now, where do I go from here, do I grow these businesses, how do I do that, do I want to do that, do I want the problems that are going to come, or am I happy just kind of eking out a living at the current rate, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like, what do you want in life? Once you, I've read studies suggest that after seventy-five thousand dollars of income, if you've got that, making another, you know, doubling that income is not necessarily going to change your your life, your quality of life um, significantly. 
statistically. If you make $75,000, $100,000 a year, if you made double that, it wouldn't really make that much of a difference. It would be somewhat negligible. In other words, your basic needs are met. You're paying your mortgage. Your kids are going to school. You got two cars and a house in suburbia. Maybe some pets. Maybe some vacations. And this is what American life is like. You know, we only have so much time on this earth. That's never been more apparent to me. As I look out my window and I take a look at that moon up there and acknowledge that I'm driving through the night through the Poconos at 80 miles per hour and it's 19 degrees outside just a few centimeters outside between me and and that frigid temperature and I'm heading south, heading home on I-476 having visited my my parents, my family having been having had the four of us in the same room, under the same roof for the first time in a decade at least and thinking about all the history that we have, good and bad and here we are we're under the same roof and this might be one of the last opportunities ever for us to experience that that's a strange thing if you really think about it you know, my goodbye I've never been great at goodbyes but um, this was kind of like a farewell sort of thing like see you later that's what I do right I tried to have some tough conversations with them like you know do you have any needs what can I do to help keep me posted and we'll be communicating via phone and email. But, quite interesting, huh? Might be the first time or the last time ever that we are all under the same roof. And we are, I mean, we, we they made us to walk away and just feel like alright let me know how your doctor's appointments go I mean I don't know what to do other than that do I have these folks come and stay with me move, have them move closer sell all their shit move down by us and how much how much more often would I see them anyway you know And what about my family, you know, when I put my kids to bed tonight? How am I going to, what am I going to tell them about my day? And are they wondering about their grandmother and grandfather that they never see? And is it worth trying to get them up there to uproot, to break these patterns of, of neurological firing and our schedules and our... Um, our life to disrupt that to bring them up for, I don't know, Thanksgiving I think that I'm, we're probably going to be 
I'll be heading back up soon. I sense that on some level. So we shall see, my friends. In the meantime, I'm going to get home, and I'm going to freaking shit shower and shave. I ate a freaking what feels like a half a tray of my mother's lasagna, which is delicious. All right. And had maybe a pot of coffee just shooting the shit. But it was certainly nice to see everybody. It was a positive visit. I've always been a deep individual, so of course I'm thinking about the future and some unknowns. And, but mostly I'm very thankful of having had the opportunity just to spend with my family. And uh, it's a strange thing, you know, one, one, I touched on this a little bit, but my father has always been a man of few words. I don't know what I, I find it very difficult to read what whatever he's got going on beneath the surface my entire life. He's it's very difficult to get a gauge on his emotions. There's not a lot of tears, there's not a lot of expression um, towards the end I asked him you know how he was doing and you know, made some recommendations as to keep keep going, doing your walks, keep doing things that make you you, be safe, but, you know, get out there and do your yard work, do your cutting of wood, um, take your walks, take your hikes with the dog. And he was kind of pacing back and forth. My father, let me tell you something, and this is, this, to me, speaks to this, I don't know, these entities that we are, as human beings. Our physicality. My father, and I've said this before, he was always a beast of a man. I mean, you couldn't find a nicer guy, but he was a big guy, and he had a big beard, and he had a big truck, and big dogs. He was a big personality. He told big stories. But if left up to his own devices, he would just want to be walking down a little logger road or walking some back road where he's very unlikely to run into anybody else. Him and his dogs. That's what that's the level that he was on. He's like a he's like a dog. Only maybe not as affectionate as a dog. Certainly not like an affectionate dog or emotionally expressive dog. He was in his own way. He was always a great dad, supportive, loving. But uh, it's very interesting to me how, you know, being this larger-than-life character, like something out of the movie or the book, The Big Fish, which I'd like to revisit, it's about a dad who tells stories, these grand stories, and um, to the kid, to they seem like it's all far-fetched, but the stories were true after all, and all these characters that the father had told uh, his kids about uh, at his funeral, they all show up, you know, and they're paying their respects and confirming the stories. It's interesting. I think about me. My entire life, or much of it, has been about 
being like my dad, you know, he was always a great guy, I loved him, anybody who, any friends that I ever brought around loved him, he's funny, great storyteller, he's into cool things, loves nature, so I tried to be like that, I couldn't help but to be like that, you know, I tell stories, and I'm a big bruiser of a guy, and I'm driving a big friggin' truck, 90 miles an hour right now. And I love my dogs. I love nature. You know, I am this guy, and I'm thinking about... You know, he's my dad. And that's my mother up there. And they live three hours away... And I could visit them more. And I could come to understand a lot more, perhaps, about who I am and where I'm going by staying a little bit better in touch with them. Like their DNA is my DNA. Their instruction manual is that of my my own and the patterns that they fire and wire together I also have a lot of that in me I'm trying to lay down the best pathways the most healthy positive <clears throat> productive neurological pathways as well but I know I got some some screws loose. I know I got some faulty wires up there too that need to be pruned. And, you know, this is a crazy life, man. It's a wonderful life, but it sure is crazy as well. Listen, love and respect to all. I'll be back within the hour. And I look forward to seeing my own family. Back to work tomorrow back to the schedule but perspective gleaned and uh, it was a a worthwhile trip tell you more about it some other time (laughs) 